Happy Friday, everyone. I am your host for the episode, Kyle. Fall is here, Clifford. And I'm Cassidy, your pumpkin spice loving co-host. And this is date, date night. night. So this is take three. We are going for it. This is take three on the opening. She's looking at me like I'm crazy for saying that, but this is take three. And so we're going to get through it this time. I promise. So don't give me that dead eye look. We're going to get through this. So what we're going to do on this episode is start our spooky movie month. It is fall officially, I believe, officially at least. Yeah. And it's cold out. It's a dreary day outside. And so it feels like spooky movie month has officially begun. And I feel like this is a good start to it. So from this point until pretty much the end of October, we're going to have spooky and spooky adjacent movies. Correct. Your movie for next week actually has me very excited. So we won't spoil <laughs> it here. But she couldn't contain it and she just had to tell me what she had picked. So I'm excited for next week too. Yeah. But this week, we're going to talk about Get Out. Before we do that, though, we did have somewhat of a date night, kind yes. of. It was more like a family night. We uh, yeah. went to celebrate my grandfather's 88th birthday. Mm-hmm. And by celebrate my grandfather's 88th birthday, I meant we saw him for probably a total of, what, 15 minutes the whole time we were there? Because <laughs> my grandfather, when my family gets together, he uh, likes to turn his hearing aids off and just zone out so that we we had him for a good 15 minutes and then the rest of the time he either had gone home or was just silent Mm -hmm. he was like too loud my family gets together and we're very loud so the hearing aids go off what was your favorite topic of conversation yesterday oh i don't i can go first yeah go first because mine was that i i've learned a fun fact Male guinea pigs. Oh yeah, cannot poop themselves. Yeah, it all collects in a sack or something. Okay, when they get older, it's hard for them to poop, so they have to get and like, you gotta disinfect it. Peel back their butt folds. Yeah, and digitally disimpact your guinea pig. Yes, yes. Male guinea pigs do have a hard time. Exp- I don't know how why that is, but they just don't. I. I am speechless. Yeah, I don't understand that. Why would anyone ever own a male guinea pig? I don't think people want male guinea pigs. I think the majority of them do want female guinea pigs. My Wanda said she only has a male guinea pig because no one else would take it. She has to do this multiple times. It's not like a once in a while thing. Right. It's multiple times a day. Oh, yeah. I'll think of how often you shit. Every time the guinea pig shats. Yeah. What a great way to start this conversation. And this is why my grandfather turns his hearing aids off. He doesn't want to listen to that. <laughs> but I don't think I have a single favorite topic. That one, did, uh, it does stick out to me, though, that as like being something that we did talk about for way too long. Oh, I just couldn't. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Yeah. I think for me, it was probably... What a, what a, what a, what a... You think they would have evolved by now? To not need their butt expressed? Yes. If guinea pigs in the wild can't, like, can't shit, how does the species survive? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just when they're old, old. Like when they should be When they should die. <laughs> like, I don't know, <laughs> you know? I don't know. And I saw my first hedgehog in real life. Yeah, that was cute. That was cute. My aunt has a hedgehog. Don't Charlie? I think his name is Charlie. I don't want to touch him because I'm terrified he's going to like poke me. But he is adorable as shit. He's very cute. He's very cute. And he was chittering at one point and it was adorable. And then he would... He would pull his legs, like he would stretch himself out and he would like show his whole body. And then we would go, oh, really loud. And he would fold right back up. He would get scared. <laughs> He'd fold right back up and be like, no, that was a bad idea. Yep. 
don't think I had a favorite topic, but I do remember my aunt talking about how she has uh, a friend who made money off of OnlyFans having only feet pics. Yep. <laughs> that was that was news to me. That one, they knew what OnlyFans was, and two, that someone is making money off of just their feet. If this gives you any sort of insight into what family gatherings with Kyle's family is like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. You're, that's pretty much, yeah, whatever you're assuming is probably accurate. Yeah. And that's why my grandfather doesn't stick around very long. He literally <laughs> came from his house. They live right next door to each other, basically. Uh, so he like walked crossed over. Crossed the backyard. Yeah, he crossed he crossed the backyard and into my aunt's house and literally was there for like cake and ice cream. And then he went home for a couple hours and then came back, sat outside for about five minutes maybe. Yep. And then was like, it's fucking cold. I'm going home and just yep. walked back home. <laughs> and I thought it was so funny when he came over the initial time. He sat down. I would say he sat there for like five minutes and he's like, all right. Where's the food? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He sat down for like five minutes. Yeah, that's like his threshold. Is always you, you're always gonna get about five minutes before he starts to be like, "Can we go? Like, are we done?" Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't blame him. The dude's 88. He can do what he wants. He I'm gonna give a do, shit. Yeah, he can do what he wants. When Papa wants to go, Papa's gonna go. He's just like, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm gonna walk away. And he will just walk away. He won't even say anything. He'll yeah. just leave. He literally turned his hearing aids off while we were singing him "Happy Birthday." He looked at me and said, yeah, I don't want to hear this. And just turned it off. And then <laughs> turned them back on when we were done. He's like, what are you guys not going to sing to me? <laughs> funniest funniest thing he's ever said in his life, I guarantee it. That man made two or three jokes. And it's the first time I've ever heard him actually make a joke before in my life. In my entire life. My 27 years of life. Probably 23 of conscious thought. I have never heard the man laugh or make a joke. And not only did he make one. He made three yep. on his 88th birthday. He's hitting his comedic timing at the ripe old age of 88. He's going to be he's gonna be the next big thing. He's going to have a half hour of Comedy Central in two years. He'll be doing arenas in three. I guarantee it. <laughs> so I haven't seen my grandfather in probably, what, you think, since December. So, what was that? Nine months? Eight months? Yeah. And it's because we've been traveling. It's like we just don't have, we're not anywhere in the area to like see him. So, we're officially close enough where we can drive to see him. And it was a surprise for him. He didn't know we were coming, which I didn't know he didn't know we weren't coming. Yeah. I thought he knew. Because, like, I parked in his driveway and everything. And then I got there, and he's like, who is this? Who is this in my house? Like, joking around with me, because he was like, I didn't know you were coming. I would have made cookies or something. And I was like, no one told the man? Could have had a fucking heart attack. Why didn't you guys say something to him? Right? They probably thought it was his birthday surprise. Right? And then I felt bad because I forgot to get a card. It didn't dawn on me to get the man a card. I honestly didn't know till the day of that we were going there for his birthday. And I'm someone, I I always bring a card. I always bring a gift for someone's birthday. And so I felt like a bump on a log. I, Kyle is the worst when it comes to giving me details about anything. I'm the typical male that like I ask for only the exact details I need. What time do I need to be there? Where do I need to be? That's about it. No, nothing extra. It's one of my favorite games to play when Cass asks so you know, X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I don't know. You have the exact same knowledge I have. Everything I've learned, I have told you. So it's like, it can be, I'm sure it's very frustrating for you. It's quite a fun game for me. It drives me nuts. And I hope we get to the point someday where he's realizes like, just because he doesn't want to know, he should still gather the information and the details for me. It's not that I don't want to know. It's that my brain just doesn't say, you got to ask that question. Well, you should, you should be like, what would Cassidy do? What would Cassidy do? I need to stop thinking what would Bandit do and what would Cassidy do. So I need to what start would thinking. Cassidy What would do? Cassidy like to know? Yes. That's what, what I should... Like what would know? Cassidy like to know? And base your questions on that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going in blind. Because this was 
in my head, my mom had said, we're getting together at Papa's. And it's like a two-hour drive from us. And I was like, we'll be there. Because we were making plans to go down there anyway. So it's like, we'll be there. That's the perfect time to go. Because we've been very busy leading up to this. And then we're very busy after this. So it's just like, worked out perfectly. It was the day before, I believe, that I found out this was a birthday celebration. Not only for him, but for my aunt as well. So, it just like didn't come into my head to tell you that until we were like halfway there. And you're like, why didn't you say anything? And I was like, I, I didn't think it was an important detail until right now, now that you're asking. Yeah. So, so if anyone, anyone of Kyle's family is wondering why I'm a horrible guest, it's because of Kyle. Yeah, that's probably a fair thing to say. Also, we did make up for it, kind of, because we got him a fruit platter, and the old man went fucking crazy for the fruit platter. Yes, he was He was excited. very excited to have the, the cantaloupe. He the loves cantaloupe. <laughs> and the watermelon. The watermelon and the cantaloupe, man. He goes crazy for it. So, you know, we, we kind of even things out. We surprised him. We were there, and he wasn't sure, so maybe I feel like that's kind of like half a gift, and then the watermelon's like... You know, another fourth. So we got 75% of the gift down, you know, so I guess that counts. We also showed up with Aroma Joe's and we're 30 minutes oh, late. Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> yeah. We were supposed to be there at 1227. We got there at 110, I want to say. And it's because we spent 30 minutes in the Aroma Joe's line waiting. And they trapped us. Those fuckers trapped us. We couldn't get out. That's why. Yeah, there was no leaving once we were in there. Their parking lot or their drive-through is a horseshoe. Just a There's loop. There's one way in, one way out, yep. and you have to go through the line. So we were just stuck. I must say my coffee was delicious though, That's and good. my coffee is not normally good from Aroma Joe's. So at least I had that. I will not accept any Aroma Joe slander. I love Aroma Joe's. They're fantastic. Their rushes are what I live for. Live for. Also, it dawned on us. This is a recurring thing with us. This is a problem. We didn't eat before we left. So we didn't eat anything until 1 o'clock when I got a bagel from Aroma Joe's. And I think you got like a, a pretzel. Like we yeah. didn't eat anything. And we'd been up <laughs> since 7 in the morning. Like we'd been up for hours. And we just didn't eat or drink anything. Yeah. So we have the, the type of personality where if you have something planned for, say, 3 o'clock, you can't do anything before 3 o'clock. Yeah. Even Especially eat. Kyle. Including eating because somehow. Because Kyle would have had time to eat. I, on the other hand, had to wash my, take a shower, wash my hair. That alone is like a two hair, hour process. Do my hair, put on my makeup. Kyle had all that sitting around time. He could have made breakfast. But Kyle is very much a, I have something to do at four o'clock. Cannot do anything else I before. I also got sucked into what we do in the shadows, the TV show I'm watching right now, and lost track of time and ultimately showered like, 40 minutes before we had to leave. Yeah. Thankfully, I, it doesn't take me long to get ready. I don't even have to, like, try. I just put on some clothes and I'm like, all right, let's go. Yep. But yeah, so yesterday was a blast. It was an adventure. Time. We got up at 7, and it's a two-hour drive, and we left the house at 10 and got there a little after 1 for some reason. <laughs> so there's that. And then we came home and watched Get Out. And that yes. is what we are here to talk about today. So you guys coming up from the city? Yeah, we're just heading up for the weekend. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. So how long has this been going on, this, this thing? <laughs> <laughs> we hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. smoke in front of my daughter. I'm gonna quit. She'd take care of that for you. How? Hypnosis. I'm good, actually. Last week, Cass and I introduced a new segment, which is just the synopsis game. And it is Cassidy's turn 
to tell me and all of you what the synopsis to Get Out is. She has 30 seconds on the clock, and when the timer goes off, she has to stop. Now, before we do this, how long do you think you're going to have left on the clock? Five seconds. Ooh, okay. That's probably doable. I way overestimated last week. So I feel like you have the benefit of, like, the foresight. You know, you've seen it, or hindsight. You've seen it. You know what to expect. Are you ready? Yes. Give me the synopsis to get out now. A a new... Start over. No. A new couple spends (laughs) a weekend on a meet-the-parents trip that slowly turns from subtle racism and mild creepiness to a much deeper, darker, scary story. You have 12 seconds left on the clock. (laughs) Madam, you you just fumbled your words and then you recovered well? That is a decent synopsis. I like that synopsis. <laughs> I had I had it all played out in my head, and it was much better than what I just gave out. But I got I'm, nervous. I'm, Maybe I should write it down from now on. The fumbling is my favorite part. The fumbling is the best part. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what you're saying right out of the gate. But you recovered, and that's the important part. You got back up. You gave me a good synopsis. I'm willing to bet that is probably on par with what the letterboxed synopsis will be. So I will go ahead and read that. Chris and his girlfriend Rose go upstate to visit her parents for the weekend. At first, Chris reads the family's overly accommodating behavior as nervous attempts to deal with their daughter's interracial relationship. But as the weekend progresses, a series of increasingly disturbing discoveries lead him to a truth that he never could have imagined. I would say yours is just as good as that. Yay! (laughs) That's a little spiced up and not as, you know, fumbly, but yours is pretty good. There might be some better words in there. You just straight up call out for what it is. You call out the racism for what it is. And they're like, it's an interracial relationship with difficulties. And it's uncomfortable for some of them. Like, you just went straight to the point. (laughs) That's what you had in your mind right there, right? That whole synopsis is what you had planned out, I'm assuming. And it came out just (laughs) gobbledygook. Well, I had a hard time with my words at first. And then I was very nervous for time. So that's what came out. You had so much time. 12 seconds. But see, it's hard. It's hard. You start to panic inside when you're like, oh shit, it's running out. It's running out. (laughs) (laughs) I've been there. I did it last week. So without further ado, we are going to jump into Jordan Peele's Get Out. Good to see another brother around here. (sighs) Yes, of course it is. Something wrong. There you are. Can you do something with this? Yes, yes. Oh, hello. I'm Philomena, and uh, and you are? Chris, Rose's boyfriend. Fantastic. You two make a lovely couple. Okay, so she's laughing because I have a pen that I am clicking constantly. So I'm trying to not do that. We are going to talk about Get Out, and the first thing I would like to talk about is what, to you, makes this movie scary? Well, first things off, first... Jesus fucking Christ! This is the last time we record after eating lunch. We need to have empty bellies for the podcast. (laughs) Well, first things first, I think you automatically have a nervous feeling because meeting the parents is nerve-wracking for every anyone and i'm assuming that it's even more nervous when you're a black man or a black woman meeting an entirely white family yeah and you don't know how they're gonna react kind of our situation 
To an extent. Yes. We're in an interracial couple. We are. We're in an interracial relationship. And watching this movie, it, like, I kept wondering how you felt when I met your parents. Just because you knew, like, you know your family. Your family is nothing like this family at all. But (laughs) they're not racist at all. I've never felt unwelcome there. Uh, But it is a thought that does cross your mind. And I wondered if it was ever a thought in your head when I met your parents. But for me, it definitely was. It definitely was a thought. Not because I had any indication of your family. But just because that's always, like, a thought in yeah. someone's head. You know what I mean? Like when you're meeting their parents, it's scary. You add in the element that they could potentially be racist and it's a whole nother scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. I honestly didn't even con- like didn't even think about it. Mm. But the difference was like when I brought you home, they they knew your race or whatever. And then he or she didn't like give them any. Right. Any indication. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. And that's what made him nervous. He's like, well, do they do they know I'm that a is black, fa- a fair I'm a black point. man? And she's like, no, I don't. I should have to tell them that. Right. It's sort of like a... Rever- have you ever seen Guess Who with Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac? No. This is a reversed Guess Who because Ashton Kutcher is a white man who goes to her, her or his girlfriend's family's house and they don't know that her boyfriend's white. So it's a reverse situation. And I just think this was... I think it's like a good example to like... How you, you could just compare the two yeah. in that way. And that it goes both ways with both sides of the families. You know what I mean? It's it's the white family member meeting the black family can be, or the white significant other meeting the black family can be just as nerve wracking. You know? Yeah. So I think that they do a good job of making it unsettled, uh, making it unsettled in that way because you don't know that the family, you know that the family doesn't know that he's black. Yeah. And so it does make you a little unsettled in that way, and that's already nerve wracking because you don't know right. these people and they could be racist. Right. So yeah, it starts off with like you're already a little nervous because of this nerve nerve-wracking situation for the main character, Chris. And then they get there and there's just like this overly over-friendliness with like very very subtle racism. That just starts making you feel really weird. Right. They're because trying. Because they're trying to be so friendly yes. and so nice. But still in, so, like, still in some ways, like, they're racist. They're like, well, you know, I would have voted for Obama a third time. And just, like, being, like, overly, like, we're not racist. But then it makes mm-hmm. you come across kind of racist when you... Because, like, realistically, you just shouldn't even... There should be no... Conversation should just be normal. It should there be normal should be conversation. No... Exactly. They right. keep bringing up the fact he's black and that they're okay with that. Yeah. He keeps calling him my man, my dude. And it's like, what? Yeah. So then that part gets you feeling like a little more weird. Like, why are these people being so, so weird? It's also just uncomfortable because you are like, just be a normal human being. Why aren't you being normal? Yeah. And that makes the audience already just feel so cringe like oh this is just not going well i'm so uncomfortable because they're trying so hard like the father even brings up the fact that his grandfather's greatest achievement was losing to jesse owens yeah in the olympics what why are you telling this man that and it's just it makes your skin crawl not because they're creepy but because they're trying so hard to make it seem like they're cool with him being black and so it's already unsettled and then you add an element that it starts to get progressively more and more racist yeah. to the point where you find out they're bidding on who's going to own it, be able to take him home right. and become him essentially. But yeah, even before that, like they bump up the creepiness by being like, oh, they have a a housekeeper right. cook and then they have that's black and then they have this black man that does all of their landscaping and then both of those people 
are so, so creepy. Yeah. That it just may, starts to get very, very eerie because you're like, you can tell like they are not speaking for themselves. Like, yeah. It's just creepy. It's weird. And then it starts to get even worse when you realize that they're bidding for these people. Right. And then it gets even worse when you realize they're not just bidding to take these people and hypnotizing them or whatever. They're actually like transplanting brains. Yeah. And that's wild. They're... And there's still a shred of them in there. So they know, they know what's going on and they're trapped in this body. They're it's passengers. Not like, it's not like they're completely, it's a whole entire brain in a new body. There's still a piece. They have to keep a piece of that person. So they still have their, all their abilities or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they know they are, they're literally trapped in someone's, they're trapped in their own body with someone else's mind also in their body and they can't do anything for themselves and it's just a very terrifying feeling. It's a very terrifying feeling because you're it's it's the loss of autonomy. Yes. Completely, which is what we all crave is being able to be free and then it's taken away from you but you have to watch as someone else owns you. Like it's it feels like slavery because they mm-hmm. own your body and you can't do what you want but you have to sit there and watch while they do what they want. Like you're watching TV. Right. Like, you can't do anything. And that is horrific. Absolutely horrifying. And Jordan Peele's ability to slowly turn the dial up on the creepiness as it goes, it starts out with the subtle racism of the cop. Like, you know the cop isn't on his side. And then you get to the home, and the family's too friendly. And it makes him uncomfortable because why can't we just interact like normal humans? Mm-hmm. And then you introduce the the maid and the um, gardener and your, the landscaper. And they're not... They're right. Just not right. They feel like they're taken out of a different time, which you find out that they are. They're quite literally taken from her grandparents who were of a different time, but they feel like they are much older than they are. They act different. They talk different than they should. Yeah, the way they move. The way they move. Just cre- creepy just and stiff. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's and just... then they turn the dial up even more because you get that the, the party, when the party finally comes and they're like, oh, well, black is very in fashion these days, and they're dropping these weird ways to try to make him comfortable and feel like he's invited, but really what they're doing is telling you what they want. Because mm-hmm. the, the golfer's like, oh, I know Tiger. I, I, I was friends with Tiger at one point. The man wants to take his body so he can play golf. The other man just wants to take his body because black is in fashion. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cool to be black now. What the fuck, man? So then you're also being, it's racist, it's unsettling, and you lose autonomy. It is all so mm-hmm. horrific. And it happens so easily. He doesn't even realize it's happening to him by the time it started. When he's she's doing the teacup out. thing. Yeah. It's game over from that point. Like he's already lost. Yeah. And I mean, he just didn't even know it was happening. It's so creepy. Was there, is there an example you can give me when you were just like, what the fuck? I don't like, I'm out. I don't like this at all. Like for me, it was when he's trying to... Uh, sneak a cigarette outside. Yeah. And you see the, the, how, the maid creeping around and then the guy running outside. Running, yeah. All terrifying. It's just like something, at that point you just know something is yeah. fucked up and it's so creepy. Yeah, the landscaper guy running straight at him in such like a robotic run. And then the maid's just creepy the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Or the housekeeper or whatever. The housekeeper, yeah, whatever she is. They brought the most creepiness for me until we found out what was actually going on. They were the creepiest because I think they had a harder time controlling, at least the maid seemed to have a harder time controlling her passenger. Because at one point, she started sobbing. And then you the, the part where she's like, nope, no, no, everything's fine, everything's fine, no, the, everything's okay. It's just so, you think something's fucked up with them. 
and you think maybe they're going to take him, hypnotize him, make him a slave, but then they yeah. get to the twist. And that's what I want to talk to you next about, is the twist. Mm-hmm. Did you think that's where, did you think it was going to become some sort of plot to switch bodies? Like they're not, stealing their bodies? Not at all. <laughs> no. I thought that it was just like, they're just hypnotizing them and making them behave how they wanted them to behave. Right. And so like, the maid and the landscaper were just hypnotized to behave the way they're behaving. But yeah, so I just thought the whole time, like, and the guy that was dating the girl, I just thought, like, oh, he's been hypnotized. Oh, uh, Drake, Andre. Yeah. Yeah. To behave like this. Like, these people buy them, hypnotize, get her to hypnotize, the mom to hypnotize them. Yeah. And then they own that person. But you don't realize until, obviously, the end. I never thought they were taking the white people right. and putting them in the black people. Right. They're just stealing their consciousness, their bodies, and their lives. And just, like, keeping them on board, too, is, like, also horrific. Yeah. I remember the first time I watched this, I did not, my my jaw hit the floor, because I thought I had it figured out. I thought I was like, oh, why is everyone in love with this movie? This twist isn't even, like, a twist. Like, you know he's going to become a slave, or they're going to try to make him a slave. Then you find out that the girlfriend's in on it. And that they're not making him a slave. They're just straight up going to take his consciousness. And give it to someone else. the wildest thing. Like, it's... Honestly, like, it's so terrible when, like, the camera flashes and you see the piece of that person come back, like, come through. Yeah. And how terrified they are and how they just want, they don't want it to happen to anyone else. But there literally is, like, they they have to accept their fate because there's nothing they can, they can do. Right. Their brain is gone. Right. Like, there's only a sliver. So they're just trying to save this man from it happening to him and happening to anyone else because at this point, there's no saving them. Right. There is absolutely no saving them. I mean, the the grandfather, when he loses control of his passenger, he mm-hmm. shoots himself in the head. The passenger shoots himself in the head because he knows there's nothing else. Right. Him. He's just like, he's like, I don't want to have to go. I don't want to be stuck in the sunken place. Yeah. And so he shoots himself in the fucking head. How it's that is just absolutely disturbing to know that you have no future and that you're in control right now, so you might as well take yourself out to make sure that this can never happen again. Yeah. It's just terrifying. And I do think I do think this is one of my favorite twists of all time because it feels like it sets you up to be like, Yeah. This is what's happening. We all know what's happening. They're gonna be slaves, and then it turns out they're not slaves yeah, at and all. What's, what's so crazy is like it does give you hints that this could be what's happening. Like, you know, the doc the dad's a neurosurgeon. Right. And the son wants to be a neurosurgeon too. And the mom's a, does hypnoti- like therapy or hypnotism or whatever. Yeah, hypnotherapy. And so at the end, when I, before I even saw saw the dad de- like in his operating room, I was yeah. just like, I was like, oh shit! It all makes sense. It all the starts di- to come back to you because they leave little breadcrumbs leading the you dad's to that. A neurosurgeon. This is an entirely home based operation. Right. It's just it's so masterful because watching it a second time, it is eye opening to how much Jordan Peele leaves for you to know what's going on but never explicitly tells you yeah he's like follow the trail little birdie and you just do but you don't realize you're following the trail until, yeah, until the it's end, happening like oh my god you know, like it's so obvious because you go back and you rewatch it and i mean rewatching it you like it's just he's masterful over his way to show you exactly what's happening without actually pulling back the curtain yeah it's I masterful must say though like I got bad vibes from the mom. The Immediately, mother, right away. The dad. Like, they all gave very creepy vibes. The girlfriend, played by Allison, Allison Williams. Williams, Rose, 
I honestly, up until the end, I was going back and forth if she was in on it. Literally until the point where she pulls out the keys and she's like, you know, yeah, can't give me these, right? I thought she was still possibly on his side. Yeah. Spoiler for my favorite scene and is that. And she's the worst one. Yes. Because she's bringing them. She's the, the one that's yeah. going out, getting these boyfriends, getting these friends, and, and bringing girlfriends. them home. Yep. Like, the whole operation relies on her. Yeah. And she's so good at acting because when she finally takes off that the mask of mm-hmm. the girlfriend, she's creep she is the creepiest one of them all. Yes. She is just flat. She has no emotion. She's so scary. But she, when she has the act on, she is the best out of all of them. She hides it the best. She's what scares me the most because she's the one that gets them to fall in love with her. Yeah. She convinces these people to fall in love with her, meet her family, and then they just take them she's the worst out of them all and she's so good at being not racist it's scary like she's scary because but the whole time she makes him believe yeah. that she is on his side yeah even when they're at the dock and he's, he's like i want to go and she's like then let's just go but he is so sad he doesn't want to break her heart by leaving that he stays mm-hmm. and it's just you think the whole time she's on his side and when she pulls it out i mean both their performances daniel kalula I always say his name wrong. Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya and Allison Williams, their performance in that scene when he's like, get the fucking keys, Rose. It's just, I have goosebumps. I have goosebumps right yeah. now talking about it, just thinking about it because that's then, so pivotal because he even believes, he even believes that she, even after seeing the pictures, is an innocent bystander in all this. I think he's still, I think he has an inkling that she may not be, and that's why he gets so agitated about her getting the keys. Yes, but he wants to believe that she's not, because otherwise, why would he not just be like, give me the keys? Any sliver of a chance that she actually does love him, and that all these other people were just, she didn't actually love them, and she loves him. But yeah, she was the creepiest factor in it all, because the way she plays it off, like, she plays against her family, and she's like, Mm -hmm. my dad's being so weird, and it's just like... Just gives him a false sense of security. Yeah. My dad is being weird. They can be a little racist without knowing they're racist. They're no better than the cop. What's different? She even brings up what's different than racism overtly like the police officer and casually like my parents. She's like, there is no difference. She is winning his trust and it is terrifying because she's so good at it. But Jordan Peele wrote and directed this movie. And one thing about Jordan Peele that we all know is he is one half of Key and Peele. One of the funniest comedic duo, sketch duos ever, in my opinion. I have never watched a sketch of theirs and that, I, that didn't make me laugh. So I have a question for you. There's not a lot of humor, but there is a little bit of humor in this. How did you feel about the humor that was placed in here? Because it can feel a little offbeat at times. But I'm wondering how you felt about it. I love it. I love when scary movies like this have a little comedic relief because that is human nature. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people deal with like dark, bad things with humor. Even when even when everything looks super, super grim, usually people still have their humor. I also think it works to alleviate some of that. It does. You're just because like so tense for so long and then Lil, Lil Howery comes on and you're like, yes. okay, we're getting He's, a joke. He's the comedic relief you need in this movie because of how tense and how creepy it is. It would be very, it'd be skin crawling if the whole movie didn't have a single bit of humor in it. Right. It, cause I, you The Shining. Like you need to crawl out of your own skin because of how awful it'd be. Yeah. The Shining is one of my favorite movies of all time and there's no humor in that. So it can be taxing on you emotionally by the time it's done. This gives you a break. Yeah. It takes you out of that and gives you a little bit of hope and... 
just a, just a, a time out from all the tension and racism and horror that is just that is happening in front of you. So when you get those little moments, you live in them. But even then, when he does have those little pockets of humor, it's not that the horror isn't there because the police don't believe him when he's telling him Chris is missing and you know he's connecting the dots between him and Andre. They don't believe him, so that's scary. But the way it's displayed and showed to you is done to make you laugh so you don't feel that bad about it. Yeah, I think he plays a pivotal role in this movie to make it not so bad. And he's hilarious. Like, even just the way he's trying to deliver serious scenes right. is hilarious. Right. He's just, a, he's... And he knew the whole freaking time. Yeah, and he's so necessary. <laughs> he's like, sex slaves! <laughs> yeah, sex slaves, he keeps saying it. He is so necessary to help us feel better about the situation. He gives us a little hope. Yeah. And I like that a lot because this movie needs that. Because he, Chris, does not... Feel, like there's no hope surrounding him. It feels like he is so stuck. And then Laura Howery's like, sex slaves! And you're like, okay, this is true and scary, but still funny. Because even the way he's delivering these serious lines, like you said, it's fucking hilarious. Yep. I'm the T.S. motherfucking A. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's classic. Done. We get shit done. <laughs> so I wanted to ask real quick, and this doesn't have to be, We don't. Have, I just want to talk about this real quick. What do you think about elevated horror like this? Where a lot of it comes from symbolic gestures versus just straight up jump scare fests like The Conjuring. Which one of those scares you more and why? Honestly, like movies like like last night, you could tell like watching this movie, I was like, like Mm -hmm. these movies make me panicky. Mm -hmm. Like jump scare movies like that, like they get the initial like jump scream scare but these i feel like my heart rate isn't high the entire time right because you're just so like what is happening what is happening what's gonna happen and it's just like it's just creepy Mm -hmm. it's more creepy than it is scary yes and i think creepy to me is scarier than being jumped because it's a a feeling that when that steals you over for a long period of time Mm -hmm. like a jump scare lasts for that momentary like and you're like okay whoo that got me but you're fine again the creepiness be, it's, is worse because it's uh, it keeps you at this unbalanced level. You can't go up and then back down. You are just all over the place. Yeah. And to me, that is way scarier than any jump scare in any movie. Plus, jump scares, you can time them out pretty goddamn well. Yeah. Nine out of every ten jump scares, I'm like, jump scare coming, and it ruins the movie. Because if you rely on jump scares too much, it just takes, it, it takes away the scare. Yeah. Because you know it's there. And one scene in this did make you jump, and it was a scene when the housemaid walks past Chris and Chris doesn't know she's there in the dark mm-hmm. because you're not expecting it because the movie doesn't have jump scares in the whole fucking thing. There's one jump scare. So effectively using a jump scare in a movie like this makes that 10 times scarier than anything The Conjuring could do. I love yeah. The Conjuring. I'm not shitting on The Conjuring. One of my favorite horror movies. But I'm just doing that because it's a classic example of just jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. Whereas this does it effectively where it uses one, gets you, but it never lets you just sort of like even keel ever you are constantly on the waves you know i've never had a hard time like getting through like a slasher film or something like this right or something like that but with this one it kind of reminds me of do you remember when we're watching it too yes and i almost couldn't make it through because i was just like it's too much it's too much creepy yeah it's too much unsettled too much creepy too much skin crawly yeah it's just like it's just like the entire time you're just teetering on the edge right it's that teetering where you just want and that's why the comedy is so important because it pulls you back a little bit and brings you back down to like a normal human level where you're like, okay, 
everything feels all right right now. Whereas the jump scare is just more like momentary, like, oh my God, my heart rate. Yeah. And then you're right back down. Like I have goosebumps right now just thinking about how I was feeling last night. And it just makes you go like. Ugh. Yeah. Watching the <laughs> uh, landscaper run at Chris mm-hmm. is not a jump scare in my opinion because it is such a long scene. Yeah. You see but it's him so way in the distance. Way in the distance, right? That's what's so scary. You see him in the distance coming and you're just like, move, get out of there. What the fuck are you what doing? What is he doing? And what is he doing? Right. That's what gets you. It's not the jump of seeing him running. It's the what the fuck is he doing? Because none of the actions that these people take in the movie whatsoever are normal interactions. No. Even the dinner table scene where you can feel the energy between the the brother, I can't remember his name, and Chris ramping up because Mm -hmm. the brother is just constantly making these comments that are so uncomfortable. And then he gets up one point and is going to put Chris in a chokehold to just show him. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, sit the fuck down. It's because these are not normal human behaviors. And that's why it is so much creepier. Because... It's not a jump. It's not some ghost jumping out of nowhere and being like, boo, ooly, booly, bitch, you know? It is a human not abiding by the rules that we have all agreed to abide by. Yeah. And that's what is so fucking scary. Yeah. It's it's a human that is just so subtly off that it's so creepy. Are they, like, is that human being super sketchy or are they just a little bit off? Right. And that I think I want to agree with you on that statement. I love that a little bit. It's. It's that they're just a little bit off. Mm-hmm. It's not even enough for you to be... Because that's that brother. It didn't feel like he was a man who was going to kidnap Chris, put him in the basement, no. and try to take his brain out of his body. You know what I mean? It just felt like maybe he had a little too much to drink and was getting a little too hands-on. Like, yeah. hey, man, come on. Back up a little bit. We we all have societal norms here to follow, and you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not so overt that you're like, okay, this dude's fucking... Like, he is not a cool dude. He's clearly got something extra going on. He, he's like supernatural in some way. No, this was just a dude who seemed like he had too much to drink. And that is yeah. fucking scary. Mm-hmm. That is 10 times scarier than anything The Conjuring could do. Again, I'm not shitting on The Conjuring. I fucking love that movie. But I just feel like something set in reality like this, where it's just people being creepy, is so much scarier. Because we all have to deal with that. We yeah. all have to have that interaction. You're going to meet a significant other's family at some point. That's the scary part. Yeah. Is that could ultimately and happen. It could be like this family. It could be like this family, which is terrifying. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to do before we jump into our next section is rank all of Jordan Peele's movies. Now, Jordan Peele only has three movies. Mm-hmm. So we're only going to be ranking those. And I am curious to see where you would put Get Out. Because this was the last one you needed. Mm-hmm. You watched you watched us, Nope, then Get Out. So I'm curious to see where this fits in for you. Number three. Nope. Okay. I just don't... This movie was a hard watch for me. Get Out or Nope? Nope. Okay. Nope was a hard watch for me. Because do I think Get Out and Us are super realistic? No. But they do feel more realistic to me than Nope does. I am someone that has a very hard time wrapping my head around like far-fetched movies like this. And like the symbolism and... I just I'm not, the entire movie I was like, what, what, what is that? Like, what is this? What does this mean? I ended up falling asleep. That kind it of goes. Did not. Yeah. Who falls asleep during a horror movie? That kind of goes back to our elevated horror versus horror. Is that elevated horror sometimes? It's like this one you take, need. Nope, took it too far. Yeah, you need to understand so much sim- symbolism to get the horror, to even get to the root of like what's really creepy about this. You have to understand so much more symbolism and it can lose so much of the audience because most people when they watch a movie just wants to watch just want to watch a movie and not have to do a shit ton of extra thinking to understand what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Um, so I get I get where you're coming from. I, yeah. I truly do. I think nope took it too far for me and I just couldn't 
couldn't ride with it. Mm-hmm. Then it actually, I'm actually surprised like how much I liked, I'm not surprised, but I, when going into this movie, I was like, I already know my order because I didn't think anything was going to compare to my favorite, but get out was close. It still didn't pass us. Really? Though. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I'm, I'm curious to hear I why. really, I really did like this movie. It was, it was creepy, um, without being too, like it wasn't too far fetched, like could someone actually transplant your brains like this? No. Right. But to me, it seems a little bit more realistic than nope. Yeah. Also think it too is like, it's not as realistic in the sense that no one's really out there taking your consciousness and stuffing it down so someone else can be yeah. put inside your brain. But it's the setup to get there that feels more real. And hypnotism could actually, is actually a thing. Mm-hmm. So like, realistically, they could get to that point, whatever. The reason that us... You could see the path it was taking. I get yeah. what you're saying, yeah. The reason that us tops tops the list for me is, one, because home invasion will always be the scariest uh, thing to me. Duh, yeah. I should have seen that coming. I have been terrified since I was a little kid of someone breaking into my house. Mm-hmm. So any movie with any sort of home invasion concept... Will be is so scary to me. Right, it's so scary. And then having these people that look identical, like it's the it's the symbolism of like these are humans, but they're just acting weird enough that they're super super creepy. Right, and they look exactly like the people you know. But they look exactly yeah. like your family, but they don't act like your family. And then the, yeah, and the whole mirror world or whatever. Yeah. Is just I really liked that concept. It was a really cool concept yeah. to me to think about, and I could wrap my head around that. Like it, it may even be a weirder concept than Get Out, but I could still wrap my head around it, so it made it more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And I do think it had, it had way more like gory. Sorry, it's more visceral. It's, it's more visceral. It's more visceral. It's there's way more scares to it because it's. In the pitch black, like it's happening in the dark. Right. And they're breaking into their house, which will always hold the top spot in scary movies for me. Home Invasion will always be the scariest. Mm-hmm. I get that. You've always been. Because I mean, it is. Home Invasions happen. Right. Every day. And yeah. so that, that's why it's so scary to me because it is very realistic. And I realize the rest of the movie takes a turn for not as realistic. But the initial Home Invasion Jordan Peele's specialty scary. is taking something that's so mundane and making it scary. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, not the home invasions are mundane. That's not what I meant to say. But it's such like a thing that has been played to death and then putting a twist on it. It's like, such a twist. What is so scary about a home invasion? Someone you don't know is in your house and they're trying to hurt you and you don't know what they want. That's scary. Mm-hmm. But then you add in the fact that it is you. It's literally Someone a mirror copy like of you. you. And you have you add a million layers of questions that are just like, what the fuck is going on? It's even more scary. And then with the twist, the twist at the end will forever be like one of my favorite twists, where you find mm-hmm. out that the girl that's been living her life is actually the one from yeah, she's the clone. The yeah, she's Absolutely. the clone because I didn't think that was gonna happen. Yeah, that's one of the <laughs> best. That's that's also a great twist. Like he just had Jordan Peele comes out with some great twists. He is a very creative motherfucker. Yeah, I will put Nope at number three as well. I did enjoy the movie on my third rewatch. I had watched it four times now, and the third time is when I finally was like, I feel like I understand what this movie is trying to get across, and it is good, 
but it is not great. And also, I feel like Jordan Peele and Ari Aster are taking a very similar path where they give out the best that they can give in the first try Mm -hmm. that follows somewhat horror conventions. And then they get freedom, and so their stories get a little more crazy and a little more out there. And then they finally get the whole sandbox to play on. Like, Bo is Afraid does feel a little bit like nope to me in that. I'm not saying the same story in, in any way, but it feels like they both had the freedom to do what the fuck they wanted. And were able to fucking do what, what exactly what they wanted and got the product they wanted. Although I don't think it appealed massively like their first original movies, which followed a lot more tight restraints. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a little too much. When you get a little too much freedom, you get movies like Bo is Afraid and Nope. Which, again, it's just... You have to look so many layers in. And to watch a movie four times and you don't like it, and I have to watch it four times to understand what the movie's about, it is. it can be a little frustrating. So I think it's number three. Us is number two for me. For a long time, Us was number one. But upon this rewatch, I actually do think that Get Out is better. And I do I did enjoy it more. Probably because the first time I watched it, I watched it alone. And then this, this next time I watched <laughs> it, it's only the second time I've ever seen Get Out. And I watched it with you. And also watching it with you kind of put me in Chris's shoes. Not saying your family's anything like uh, Rose's family. <laughs> but I understand like the tension that's there because I've had it. And then... To go from there is just terrifying. Everything that happens from there is terrifying. Because it's like your worst nightmare come true. Uh, so that's why Get Out is number one in my opinion. Yeah. I did kind of glaze over us. But you kind of summed up my exact thoughts on it too. Yeah. It's just scary because someone breaks in your house and then you find out it's you. Also. Like what? The voice. Yeah. Of the girl and us. I remember I used to do it after we watched it the first time. I would walk around the house and make that and, and try to do the scratchy voice. Uh, and you actually walked up to me at one point and you got real close to my face. I'll never forget it. And you're like, stop. And I was like, oh, she's serious. She's scared. She's terrified. Yeah. I, I did not like it. Like, it just, there were, I just remembered when he used to do that to me and I got like heebie-jeebies. Yeah. So, Us takes the cake for you. Mm-hmm. Get Out takes the cake for me. Wonder, because Us, Home Invasion is my biggest fear and yeah. meeting the family is your biggest fear. <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't think we have big fears of uh, camera-shaped aliens. So, that kind of takes out. That kind of takes out. Nope. <laughs> We're going to head into our last section, which is our ratings, MVPs, our favorite scenes, reviews, and changes. Reviews. You know something? Me too. Hold, could you hold on one second? Okay. Okay, hold on. You lying bitch. She is lying like a motherfucker. I know that. Ooh, that TSA shit tingles. This motherfucker's lying. So I'm going to let you go ahead and take the floor first with what you would like to give this movie as a rating. I'm going to give this movie four stars. Oh, four t- <gasps> The cardinal sin of stars. <laughs> Never. We just talked about this, which is so funny. And then it came out four. <laughs> Shame on you. Evil eye. Four teacups. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. I'm erasing from the record that you said stars. Can't believe you just said that on this podcast. So uh, what did you say? Four teacups? Yes. Four teacups. I am going to give this five teacups. Yeah, this is my first five-star movie. Your first five-star movie was Guardians of the Galaxy. You're just trying to jump on the train of rating things at five <laughs> stars. You didn't want me to be first. I was shocked you gave Guardians five stars, but I actually will say the first time I watched this, I gave this four stars. I'm giving it five teacups now. I'm up. I'm upping it a full teacup. I said stars. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> I just shamed you and I said stars. So for your MVP, uh, who would you give it to? Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. He's my MVP too because he is just so one charismatic. You are immediately sympathetic towards him and 
his acting though is top fucking notch. He gives it his all. His dick is out in this movie. He puts his dick out in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's that good. Yeah. <laughs> your face is great right now. <laughs> what is your favorite scene from this movie? My favorite scene from this movie is either the end when you have the whole escape scene where mm. he, when the brother came in the room and he bashes the brother over the head and then pulls the cotton from the chair out of his ears. I was like, I knew it. I was like, I knew when I saw him picking the cotton that he was going to do something with it. And then she'd just be like, oh my God, he was faking it when that last teacup came in. He didn't actually get hypnotized again. And then the scene of him, I'm going to encompass this all as one scene. Okay. And then the scene of him. (laughs) The whole daring um, escape. um, Stabbing the dad with the the deer antlers which that brings in the symbolism from the deer they hit on the way there oh it brings in the symbolism between chris's mom the community as a whole uh the black community as a whole and the fact that um we won't get too wrapped up into it because i don't want to take this away from you but the the symbolism of the dad being like i'm glad deers die we need to kill more deers and he dies on the side of the road and what happened with chris's mom she died on the side of the road like an animal. So I feel like the symbolism there is just exquisite. I'm yeah. so glad you brought that up. And then when he goes upstairs and there's the mom and she's, she goes to stab him and he just sticks up his hand and she stabs through his hand and he's not even faced. Powerful. Like this man is just so over this family. He's getting the fuck out. That it doesn't matter. Yes, his hand stabbed. It doesn't even hurt at this point. Right. He kills her, wipes her out. And I love, like, during, while all this is happening, the sister is sitting on her bed mm-hmm. with headphones in, picking out her next victim. Right. And then when he escapes and you find out, that's when you find out that the maid and the landscaper, landscaper are their grandparents. Mm-hmm. After he's picked her up because he hit her with a car and he doesn't want to leave her like he left his mom. Exactly. Exactly. So he brings her into the car, even though she's a fucking whack job. Mm-hmm. And that's when she says something about her grandmother. And you're like, oh my God, mm-hmm. as if. And then so she wakes up and she's creepy as hell. And she's like, you ruined my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is just such, such a funny thing to say. Like, that's what you care about? Mm. Not that your whole family's been slaughtered? I think maybe that's what she meant by that. Um, And then they crash. And then there's, here comes creepy grandfather. And he's gonna kill him. Yep. And the way he gets him out of that trance with the flash of his camera. And it's genius. He turns around and shoots her. And then turns around and shoots himself. It's yep. just a very good, powerful scene. And then... The cop, cop cop lights come and you're like, oh no. Because you just know. They're like, there's this white family dead. I mean, Who annihilated. White people, yeah, yeah. They're not even going to give him a chance. No. And that's why he stands up immediately with his hands straight up in the air. And I was just like, as if he's made it this far and this is going to be what gets him down when those are the people that should be saving him. But we're not going to get into that matter. And then his friend steps out. Yeah. And I'm just like... Yes. You literally, you you said, um, I remember because I was so excited to see your reaction when Laura Howery stepped out. Because you're like, oh my god, all of this, he's going to get shot by the cops. And he had his hands up and you were livid. And then when you see airport TSA on the side of the van, you screamed. You literally yes. yelled. You were like, yes! I love a movie with a happy ending. 
And it's a fairly happy ending. And for me, it's a happy ending because the guy who wasn't supposed to die doesn't die. Yeah. <laughs> the guy you want to live survives. Yay. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck that the entire family was annihilated. They deserved that ten mm. times over. Yeah. They deserve to watch each of their family members get freaking murdered. Anyone who's at the party, they should go find. Hunt those fuckers down. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. I'm very glad that the guy who bought him is also dead because they removed his brain and yep. then couldn't finish the operation. Yep. And the room caught on fire. Yeah. So, I mean, fuck that. Like, I'm glad he's dead, too. And you know, what sucks is that you kind of liked him at the beginning. Not like, you and, I mean, gen, you is yeah. in a general term. But, like, you kind of endeared to that guy because he's blind. But I he's so respectful of Chris's life. I thought when he bought work. him that he was going to buy him to save him. Oh, yeah. He's like, I want your I eyes, man. I honestly had that, that thought that I'm like, oh, he's buying him so someone else doesn't get him. And he's not. he's going to, like... That's very optimistic of you. <laughs> yeah. My favorite scene is the the key scene with uh, Allison and and Daniel, and he's Rose. screaming at her, Rose and Chris. <laughs> he's screaming at her to get the keys. That scene where he is just—I mean—he is spitting. He's screaming so hard, and then he's calm again, and then he spit like he just the emotions he's going through. Yeah. Are so raw and so on display. He can't even hide it. And then she's just fucking with him the whole time. That is hands down the best scene in the whole movie, in my opinion. Best scene. Is there anything about this movie you would change? I feel like I have to come up with something because I didn't give it five stars. I mean, I guess it could be like, it's creepy, creepy, creepy until the end. And then it gets like, you hit the climax of the turn, like the twist. Mm -hmm. And it comes down very quickly. Yeah. Everything happens so fast at the end. Which I do. I really like the ending. But I think this movie might be a little bit better if there was, like, what, if, like maybe you saw the dad operating on someone else or something. You like, wanted you know, the ending like, to be a little longer. Like, no, not even just the ending, but just, like, the creepiness of the movie. Yes, it was a very creepy movie, but I feel like there could have been more. So, like, what if we see the dad maybe at the beginning or something when she's describing her parents and he's doing a surgery on someone. Yeah. And then you connect the dots at the end, you know. I see what right. you're saying. You wanted an extra layer of the creepiness with the dad and the family. Uh, like maybe see them do something even extra. Right. I had like five or so minutes of them just being annoying and creepy. Or downright scary. Like or yeah. Downright scary. I got you. It makes sense. I don't know. I feel like I'm pulling out straws because I didn't give this movie a five so I need to come up with a reason. But <laughs> honestly, I can't like, I can't really think of a real reason, like a real thing to change. It just didn't blow your socks off. It That's just okay. wasn't as scary to me as us. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There you go. That's all I need to say. That's a, that's a fair <laughs> enough reason. My thing is I would change nothing. I think about I think this movie I think this movie is fucking excellent. I have nitpicky things here and there, but I mean the the excellency well, you can't, is outweighs. You gave it five stars. Yes, it outweighs the the nitpicky shit. Like like you said, I give it five stars, man. I have I have nothing to complain about at all. So we're gonna move on to our last fucking section, and that is the letterbox reviews. Cass came up with this genius idea that we read our favorite letterbox reviews from the movie. So we're going to tell you what the letterbox community has given this, and then I'm going to read you my four favorite reviews from this movie. And some of them are pretty great. So first things first, this movie has been seen by 2.49 million people on Letterboxd and has a 4.2 rating, which means 529,000 people have given this five fucking stars. That is a lot of people, man. That's absolutely crazy. So right in between us, like more leaning towards you, but right in between us, I feel like our, our ratings are pretty fair for that. Oh yeah, sorry, I was reading. I was reading reviews. So, 
these are my four favorite reviews. So I was in charge of picking the reviews today. And the first one comes from Sophie. She watched it on March 4th, 2017. She says, aggressively white boy into sports. Killed in a wrestling match. White dad who said he loves when deer die. Impaled by antlers. Evil psychiatrist mom. Killed in her office. Psycho girlfriend who earlier pretended to care that Chris felt responsible for his mother's hit and run. Left to die on the side of the road. That's called poetry, motherfuckers. <laughs> we have one from Kathy, who also watched it in 2017. Um, people say white people have no culture, but did you see the bingo and turtlenecks? Check and mate, sweetie. <laughs> oh, that's a fucking great one. I laughed so hard when I saw that. Some of my favorite reviews on Letterboxd are the funny ones. I do love the really in-depth ones, but the funny ones, just they're so quick and they grab you. This is, this is my favorite one. This comes from Hunter Strawberry. It, they gave it four and a half stars and they said, pretty sure this is how Travis's meeting with Kylie's family looked. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew you were going to have something to say about that because you love, you love that family. That's I, so fucking great. <laughs> okay. Why Travis? Why not Kanye? Or, oh. or Lamar. A lot of people brought up the Kanye one. That one is that one's old news, man. That one that meme has been done. They did a meme on that. It was a picture of <laughs> Lamar was the first. Okay? Remember when Kim posted a picture of her hallway one time and it was just all white, and yeah. then at the end it was a, like this darkness. Yeah. Uh, someone said this is Kanye's sunken place, and I was <laughs> I like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, can I read um, my favorite review? That I have I just one more. Found? I have oh. one more. Then you can read. So the last review of mine is from Aaron. Oh, that's mine. Is it yours? Let's read it at the same time. You can read it. You can do the honors. Okay. You'll take the last one. Five stars, all right? This is this is his review. I'm T.S. motherfucking A. We handle shit. That's what we do. Consider your situation fucking hand. I think that might be the best review that you can have for this movie because, like you said, that's your one of your favorite scenes is when he shows up. And that, I mean, it's just such a stupid... Quote from the movie, but it's just, it's perfect. So, we actually have one more section, as you reminded me, because we uh, do a thing on here called relationship advice that I completely forgot about and jumped into our last section. So, this is now our last section, and it is relationship advice with Cassidy. I don't know where they are. Rose? Rose! Rose, give me those keys! Rose, give me... Rose, now! Now, the keys! Oh, 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 be careful, bro. What the fuck? I didn't do anything. What the fuck is going on? Where are those keys, Rose? You know I can't give you the keys, right, babe? I honestly cannot deduce any relationship advice from this movie. Um, <laughs> don't trust anyone. That's my relationship. Advice. Yeah, I love it. You never really, you never really know your spouse. You never really know your spouse. Also, do a little more like investigative work, maybe if you're like nervous. I don't know how. What, what would he investigate? I don't know. I feel like you should listen to his homie, who was like, "Don't fucking go, man!" Like at the end of the movie, when he gets in the car and he's like, "I told you not to go in that house." And like, I wanted to be listen. like, "Doesn't he really like this is the worst time for?" And I told you so. Right? Okay, yeah. this man is covered in other people's blood. <laughs> I think that's actually sound advice. Don't ever act with a trust hole in anyone. his hand that no one he hasn't even paid attention to. Right, right, right. He, ch- he was choking her with a hole. He was like had his hand around his, her neck. 
choking her, and there's a gaping hole in the middle of his fucking hand, dude. But yeah, honestly, if I tried to dig relationship advice out of this, it would just be so fucking... I know it's all cheesy, but it would just be... How do you you pull relationship advice out of a movie like this? Pack a portable charger so you can charge your phone (laughs) in your pocket at all times. (laughs) My relationship advice is trust your gut. Trust your gut. You can tell that he was off. He should have just trusted his gut. You know what my relationship advice is? And I'm not following it right now, but always take your own car. (laughs) They should have taken two separate fucking cars. This situation would have been handled that first night. He'd have fucking gone. I'd have gotten that car after that dude is charging me in the in the backyard. I'd have been like, no, I'm leaving. And I would have left. I would have texted you in the morning and been like, just Bye. got weird vibes. Bye. <laughs> yeah. oh, I like that. That's good. Can you bring my stuff boys. home? Yeah. Because <laughs> I wouldn't even step foot back in the house. Yeah, I wouldn't even let her in my house. I'd be like, you can leave it at the door of my apartment. I'll grab it. We're just, we're done. So that's great. That's good advice. I like your advice. Our, our, our advice together on that is pretty solid. Somewhere in there you guys can... <laughs> can figure that out whatever we just said <laughs> so with that we are going to end our episode on get out you give it a four teacups i'm giving it five teacups and i know you hate that but that's what we're going with um so share us if uh you would be so kind share us somewhere uh rate us and as Cass would say make sure to follow <laughs> follow us on instagram uh we both have instagram so go ahead and follow us there and with that go ahead and watch a movie a spooky movie. Spooky movie. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>